right, welcome everybody. It is October 14th. We're recording a day early because our guest is busy tomorrow night. And it's our big episode 30. Yay! Woo! It is 30. He's not as excited. All right. Well, I am. It's <laughs> what we've been kind of working to. And I don't know if this is kind of. I, I can understand why they say 30, 30 was a big number. I don't know if you've been, you said you've been listening a little bit, but they said that as you, you kind of find your way in who you are by 30. And I think we've kind of done that, yeah, you know, for lack of a better term. So um, we probably found our way at 10 or something. Yeah. And we've, we, we still make mistakes and I think those kind of actually make it more fun actually to me. I mean, I think probably unfortunately our listeners are the ones that take the brute of the, um, like the, when we forgot to record the first thing with Justin and yeah. you can hardly hear what's going on. And I had to rip the audio from Facebook and it was yeah. just a giant mess. But, yeah. um, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it's just for humans. So. Yep. All right. You can find us on social media. Just search hot take from the kitchen on Facebook and Instagram. And our email address is hot take from the kitchen at gmail.com. It is H O T T A K E F R O M. T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. Can't believe I've done that 30 times yet, but I have. And we did get an email this week from Phoebe Fountain, and she just said, Hi, Brad and Steve. I just wanted to send along a thank you for creating and maintaining the Hot Take from the Kitchen podcast. I commute an hour to and from work each day and have listened from the start. What I really love most is that listening to you and your guests helps me keep Helps, keep, helps to keep me connected to Alpina. While my parents still live in Lachine and past family too, I haven't lived there since family video times. Hearing you both talk about all of the amazing places and events going on brings back great memories and means that every weekend trip up north is packed with all the, pla- all the places I have to go and see. So much love for you both. Keep doing what you do. Thanks, Phoebe. And Steve responded, thanks, Phoebe. Miss you guys. So that was very nice of Phoebe. It was. Um, I, it. I used to wear Phoebe at Family Video. So that was like 2001-ish, right around there. And um, she lives on the Lansing area now with her husband, Pat, who is also from Alpena. And he is a zookeeper at Potter Park Zoo. So, um, yes. and they're a really cool couple. They would be considered friends of the podcast because oh, yeah. they're almost family. Yeah, so they're Matt Mishinsky's brother-in-law and sister-in-law. So. Yeah, so um, definitely really cool people. Um, we have any more emails? No, nope, that was it. I think we should introduce our guest. Yes, we'll keep every take the suspense away. And our guest this week is Matt Walagora, the mayor of Alpena. So thank you, Matt, for coming. Hey, honor number thirty. Yes, you are. Cool. We've been working our way to this. <laughs> We've kept you such a mystery. <laughs> yeah. You should know. I'm going to tell you where I was at with it. So we we came out with two people we knew we wanted, we, and the first one we kind of talked about was Tate Fletcher because oh, you know, like, sure. Tate, and I kind of have a couple people I probably um, reach him through if I needed to. But I was like, I really don't know if that's what we want. And I was like, the only other person Brad I could really think of would be the mayor. And he's like, all right. So we. Wow. So I mean. Maybe Tate Fletcher. That's, you, that's maybe you could fight him at a date. Glad we didn't have to do it. Yeah, so, um, Although but, he does die a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does. And um, yeah. It's 100%. And he's. Uh, um, he has his own podcast. 
So, and I do listen to that occasionally. And the only thing I could do when I was listening to it was think he's going to think this is such a shit show by us that, um, he'd probably have to dial in and this is the whole thing. And I don't know if we're really ready for that yet. So I was just like, no, this is just the way we're going to go. We've done a dial in once. We have. All right. It was, yeah. Yeah. It could be better. So we can talk about that later. Equipment a little more. I, well, I think we'll, we're going to get to that. So, all right. So, all right. I guess we'll do our hot takes now. Mm-hmm. And the first hot take is Ryan Shazier in his post on Twitter. I, don't, I see there's a video, but I didn't really. Um, Shazier to this week, um, the Steelers put the Bengals. So it's where Shazier a year ago um, had the bad accident. So he returned to the field. And not only went to the field, but he actually went back to the hospital that treated on him when he was, I think he was paralyzed through the neck down initially. Yeah. So um, for him to be able to walk through there and the video shows him interacting with the doctors, emergency room staff, going to the field, et cetera, it's kind of cool. So that's cool. All right. Our second hot take is an Indian airport told their police or security to cut down on the smiling in the airport because they felt that it was leading to it says Indian authorities fear excessive friendliness could lead to attacks amid lax security. So they want them to stop smiling and be so friendly. And this is in India, right? Yes. Yeah. My hot take is that makes sense. If you want, I mean, I guess if you're security and the security guards are with the picture that you sent yeah, me, they got are, guns and are like full, you know, you know, um, riot gear. So like, I guessing you probably wouldn't necessarily want that guy smiling if that's who you're dealing with. I can, I understand why they're doing it, but it just seems a little excessive to me. It would feel a lot better if people were smiling at me than not smiling and holding a gun. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that. Maybe I'm just a baby. And... <laughs> All right. And our third hot take is essays reveal Stephen Hawking predicted race of superhumans. He said that genetic editing may create species that could destroy the rest of humanity. And he said Superhumans could develop from wealthy people choosing to edit their and their children's DNA. So it's kind of scary, but because this was this one of the smartest men on earth. Well, indirectly, that's kind of happening, right? So we're trying to, it's okay when it's diseases, right? And, and we're trying to get rid of that through genetics. So at some point, the other side of it comes through, right? I mean, we were here talking about, you know, parents trying to try to choose the sex of their children. Or so, I mean, that's the national evolution of where this goes. So, what do you think? I don't think we're ready for superhumans, but I think people should just stop messing with their DNA. You are who you are. I can understand that argument. So, not saying I'm for or against, really. I can understand what you're saying. I I guess. I mean, it's where it's headed. I mean, oh, yeah. And then the robots taking over the world. Yes, Skynet. I know you just got to watch. You talk game. about Skynet almost every week. <laughs> I know we do. This come going to that right now. It is. Yeah. 
All right. No, so no trivia this week. No question again. So um, I guess what I thought I'd do really quick, since we're kind of like just where we're at, is we recap really quick the brief of the 30 people that were on our pod. So I don't know if you I – can, I can read them if you want to read them. You can read some. Okay. I'll start from the bottom. You can go up from the top. So there's you and me on our first. We had Eric Granada on our second pod. We had uh, Zach Irving, um, who made Michigan Micro Adventures on number three. Episode four was Matt Mishinsky, uh, Rick Houchin, um, number five. Griffin James from the Basket Case is number six. Seven was us again. Yeah. Eight was Sonic or Chris Yachik. Number nine, Jordan Susowitz from Blue Collar. Ten, Dylan Wallace from the Wallstorm. Number 11, Michelle McEwen. This is when Women Month started. Yes. Number 12, Mary Beth Stutzman from the CVB. Christy Johnson from Family Enterprise. Your neighbors. Ann and Don. Ann and Don, the number 14. And then Casey at the Performance Locker. And I'll let you take over. All right. Number 16 was Scott Bays and Blake Austin from Austin Brothers. It's a good episode. <laughs> 17 was Michael Beermeister from the TV station. 18 was Jeff Mendock from Thunder Bay Theater. 19 was Jackie Krawcheck from Alpena Chamber of Commerce. 20 was Sue Aller, our state representative. 21 was Matt and Griffin on again to replace guests who canceled. We had an audible. Yes. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. That was a good test for us. I mean, it's, we got a six o'clock cancellation. We normally pot at eight, and within two hours, we had an episode pieced together. So I thought that yeah. was good for us. Uh, 22 was Greg Kowinski from Hungry Hippie. 23 was Christine Matulski and Maggie Malone from the Bester Museum. 24 was Steve's wife, Allison. 25 was Eric Peterson from Fresh Palette. 26 was my coworker, Amy Martin. 27 was Justin Christensen Cooper from Martin Loft. 28 was Mark Jacobs, uh, head coach of the cross country team in basketball, men's basketball at ACC. And last week, number 29 was Matt Cameron. And this week, it's Matt Walgora. So that was all 30. Um, I guess the natural transition would be we have Steve Sulchowicz from Alpena News next week. And then, um, oh, then we have Halloween. So we're going to do Stephanie Anadolu from um, Noah, and we're going to do some horror stories or shipwreck stories, which will be kind of cool because it kind of rules on the theme. Uh, November 5th, it's going to be Tommy Dow from Harborside Cycle. Um, no, no, uh, that next week, it's going to be on the weekend, kind of like we're doing here. It's going to be Preston. He'll be home from Grand Valley, uh, Preston Donikowski. Uh, he used to work. He graduated from and worked at WBKB for a short time. Um, the fun fact about Preston is Preston is my first online friend I ever made. So I had no interaction of him whatsoever other than I've met him online, talked to him online. And when I actually first met him, it was, it was kind of surreal because I've been talking to him for a whole year almost before I actually met him. Um, and then we go after Preston. We go to uh, Pat Haggerty, Haggerty, or how do you say his name, from uh, the Community Foundation. That'll be right before Giving Tuesday. So, um, And then we round the month of November with Tracy Granada. Eric's wife, the true power of the power couple That's right. that they are. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So we got a great lineup coming. We've had a great lineup so far and real excited to sit down to talk with yeah. Matt today. Yeah. 
anything you want to add as we kind of sum up the last 29? I had so much fun these past 29, 30. Can't wait to see what happens from here. So. Yeah, I thought toward the end we could talk a little bit about maybe where we want to go. And I know we've talked a little bit about it, you and I, briefly. So I thought we could kind of share some of the insights or maybe some of our goals because maybe the feedback was always appreciated. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe somebody that's like there could be something right in front of us that we don't realize. And, yeah. um, it's always nice to have. So we're always open for feedback or suggestions. That is 100% correct. Yep. So we're at the segment and we'll come back and we'll talk with Matt. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right, Matt. So uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Did you grow up in Alpena? And uh, okay, uh, I'll 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 give you a flash forward. I like it. Uh, I was um, I was born in Oakland County, down <laughs> by Detroit. Uh, my parents moved. Uh, I was the youngest of seven, and uh, I was two years old when my parents uh, decided to move up here. Uh, things in the um, in that era were were uh, just changing and different in the Detroit area, and so uh, my parents moved up here. My dad renovated uh, Lear Standard School from a one room school house into our home. And um, I, I live there, grew up uh, in, and that's just, just the other side of Long Rapids, uh, Long Rapids Township, and uh, went to Long Rapids Elementary School, went all the way up through the Alpena uh, school system, graduated. Um, nine days after graduation, I uh, joined the service, and I was in the submarine Navy uh, for 11 and a half years, and um, was uh, got married and had two children, uh, Melissa and Brett, and then... Um, uh, decided to get out kind of, um, kind of like things happen a lot in my, in my life. We just decided one day, um, people I even worked with at the time were like, where'd he go? <laughs> they go to the witness protection program or something. Yeah. Cause we just kind of decided, Hey, uh, this is a good time. This was a good time for me to get out. Um, uh, and so, uh, we moved back up here to Alpena and, um, uh, raised our kids. They went through the Alpena school system as well. And, um, I had uh, several jobs. I, I call them jobs. There's a difference between a job and a career, I think. Um, I had a lot of jobs and grateful for every one of them uh, here in Alpena and then uh, went back to ACC and uh, got a um, two-year degree in uh, uh, CAD engineering, basically. And um, always just figured, well, I'll go back one day and finish the other two years to get an engineering degree. But I, I, got a, I landed a great career at panel processing, and uh, I stayed there and been there for 16 years. Um, uh, I'm, uh, divorced of two years now. Um, and, uh, now I currently work at panel processing. Um, uh, I own a small business called sunrise fencing and, uh, and I'm the mayor of LP. So, <laughs> that's so that, a couple different hats. There. That's it. That was the, the quick, quick story of me. So listening to that, the first thing I had to know was what was the sub you were on? Um, I was on three. My okay. first one was the uh, uh, USS Atlanta. Okay. So um, all three were fast attack, considered fast attack submarines. Um, the Atlanta I was on for a couple of years. So it was a uh, 688 class, Los Angeles class. And um, then I um, I blew up my knee, which took me off of that boat earlier than I would have. Uh, and then I recuperated in um, at uh, uh, just across from the Pentagon. Um, actually, 
the same office, NMPC, the same office where uh, Oliver North worked, if you remember, oh, okay, uh, yep. Ali North. Um, so I worked there for about six months while I was rehabbing. And then I went to um, the, the Atlanta was in Virginia. Uh, then I uh, shifted to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, where I was on the Ray. Okay. The Ray was an older boat, uh, 637 class. Um, and I was on there for two years. Um, then I went um, back to school. Uh, Navy puts you through schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, went back to school in San Diego, which was my second trip to San Diego. And then uh, came back to Virginia, where I was on the um, uh, USS Burgall. Okay. So, uh, the reason I ask is my dad was on a submarine for when he was in the Navy and he was on the Lewis and Clark. Oh yeah. So, Lewis and Clark. Um, and it was always one of his most proud things out of on the world. He just, um, loved being in the Navy. He, uh, loved submarines. Um, and he, any chance he could talk to me about it. He would, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I was young when he would tell me all these stories and I wish I could have done a better job of trying to remember at the time. Uh, of course, hindsight's always like that, but, um, yeah. So I just thought when I heard you mention that, I was like, Oh my God, I've got to make sure I ask him that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing, it's an amazing career. It's something being on submarines is unlike anything else. Yeah. yeah. He, that's what he would <laughs> tell me. So first of all, from both of us, thank you for your service. Oh, well, you're welcome. So my pleasure. Uh, yeah. Brad's dad was a, all right um fun so the first thing that i always didn't know is i thought the mayor was a full-time job so i just thought you quit your other job and then you were mayor but i didn't really realize that you kept going on the other job yeah yeah you keep going um and and most of the mayors that i know did at some at one uh one career or another uh we have what we call a strong city manager um the other, the alternative name is is a is a weak mayor, and uh, I don't like that one. So yeah. I would certainly like uh, to. It's a we have a strong city manager, and we do have a strong city manager. Greg is fantastic at his job. Um, he takes care of the day to day that a that a mayor in a bigger city or somewhere, you know, like Detroit or Grand Rapids or something like that. That is actually their only their their profession. Um, but here um, we separate the two. So okay. we both yeah. have we both have share the functions of what a mayor would in a, maybe a larger city. I didn't know that, and that's awesome. I, I know Mr. Sundin really well. So, I mean, obviously, since Allison's dad's involved, so, sure. so yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. So, is it hard balancing the two? Um, no. It, well, yes and no. Um, it's uh, it, probably the most difficult thing is to is to sometimes I like leave work to go to a function of uh, or a meeting of one type or another. And, and panel processing has been very good to me uh, ever since I asked them, uh, you know, if they minded if I campaigned, which I, which I gather they probably didn't think I had a shot at it. So <laughs> when I was elected, they were probably a little surprised, but, um, but they've been very good to me. And so, um, but the toughest part sometimes is like, like I leave work and I go to a meeting and I have just that very short trip to completely shift gears from whatever it was I was doing at work to whatever this function is going to be at. Uh, um, and so sometimes just changing my, trying to collect my thoughts and change my um, demeanor, whether it was a good day or a bad day or what, whatever was going on. So that's probably, probably one of the more difficult things, but. Uh, I think people have a difficult time with that. <clears throat> just, any job. Regardless. Yeah, yeah regardless. Yeah. Just trying to switch gears. I remember when I used to live in Posen, my favorite thing about living out there was a 25-minute drive. 
to yeah. or fro because <laughs> you know I got 25 minutes to get ready for the day, and I had 25 minutes to decompress from Come the day. Down off of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so another thing I always wondered, which uh, um, whatever made you decide to run from here, <laughs> that's that might be one of the more difficult questions to answer. And of course, a lot of people do ask. Um, I. I, I can tell you what it wasn't. Uh, I didn't have, um, there was no event or, or anything really that the city was even doing that, um, that I was going to, that I was going to change, so to speak. Um, I coached my kids in different sports, uh, primarily hockey, but, uh, everything from softball to, to, uh, soccer and things. Uh, so I was really involved in coaching for many years and, and even after they, even after they graduated and left and then, um, and then I, kind of stopped doing that. And I wanted to pick something up. I had gone to a couple of meetings, uh, city council meetings, just to, just out of pure interest. Um, I'm always very, I've always been very, um, um, I can, I, I, I love talking to people. Okay. So like if I went to, I'll give you an example. When we used to go to the, to the big tent for the Brown Trout Festival and I would, um, I would, Tell my wife, I said, Hey, I'm going to go up and get a couple beers. Do you want one? Yeah, she would want one. So, so I'd go there and I would literally stop and talk to somebody or 10 or 12 people on the way back. So by the time I got back, of course, I probably had three in her like, you know, and so, um, so I've always just kind of had that. And I love hearing people's stories, whether they're, whether they're issues or good things or anything like that. And so when I went to city council meeting, I, I just I thought, wow, I could I could do that. And I really would like to fill this void that I have in my time uh, with government. I'd never been in, involved in government before, mm-hmm. and I just thought that uh, it would be very cool. And after I attended a lot of meetings, I I thought, well, I can do that. Uh, I could do that. Um, probably the primary reason why I didn't run for city council first was that the two the two incumbents were running uh, for 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 their seats in city council, and so. Um, and I just thought, well, if I, if I try to run against an incumbent that's been there for quite a while, uh, name recognition and everything else, it's probably, it'll probably be a lesson in fertility, you know, just, yeah. you know, learning. And I didn't really want to learn how to campaign. I just wanted to do it. And so I thought, well, um, I'll, I'll try it for mayor instead. And, um, you know, and you get that, you get that thing where you're like, you wouldn't, you would you like to just see your name on a ballot? <laughs> it's so so. There's there's kind of this all encompassing thing. Uh, whether I would ever be elected or not, who knew? I didn't have any experience at all, and so um, and just the just the just the common interest in it, and so and then of course I was elected uh, and learned very quickly that it's uh, that I really enjoy it. So. You brought something up that jogged something in my head is. Uh, something I wanted to ask you was, why don't you think more people don't go to city council meetings? It's something that always fascinates me. I mean, you guys have them regularly, first of all. So, mm-hmm. And if you don't know, it's like every other Monday. Yeah. Uh, it's a first and third Monday. First and so third sometimes Monday. it's not every other because right. of where the month ends, but the first and third Monday. Yep. Yeah. And whether, you know, there's a whole bunch of different issues that go on, but I always find that 99% of the stuff that people are unhappy about are already talked about a lot of times at those city council meetings. And then all of a sudden somebody will, you know, something will start moving in a direction maybe somebody didn't like. And then there's a Facebook page group and then there's petitions sure. or whatever. And <clears throat> sometimes I just think to myself, you know, if you just would have gone to the city council meeting and said, hey, you know, 
I really don't think that's a good idea yeah. <laughs> where more people would get involved earlier in the process. And I guess, do you have any idea why people don't get involved earlier in the process? No, okay. uh, I guess. And, and, you know, um, it, it's maybe just, it's just natural because people have their lives and they're doing their stuff and they're not really that interested. They, they elect us and they expect that we're going to make good decisions for the city. Um, all of a sudden when we don't, or we start talking about one that's a bit controversial and then, um, and that piques anybody's interest. And I think, um, I think outside of those specific items or events, uh, people are maybe just bored with it or think that it would be boring. Um, our meetings may be boring. Um, but we, um, probably the worst thing is when somebody comes in and they, um, they either make a post or they ask a question, uh, on Facebook or, or elsewhere where it probably would have been, probably would have been better to perhaps just ask me or ask a council person. We're very, we're very out there, so yeah. to speak. Um, or, or come to a meeting or watch a meeting. You don't have to come to the meeting. They're on, uh, they're on YouTube. Every single one of our meetings are, are, um, are recorded and put on YouTube so you could watch it in your own time and you could even scroll past the boring parts because some of them are, you know, taking bids for something at the water plant that doesn't even, you know, make any logical sense to the common person. I don't know what a mixer is or whatever. Yeah. Um, some of that stuff is, is, you know, might be boring, but then when you get into something that somebody might be interested in, you can uh, literally go right to it. Um, our, uh, our packets or our agenda uh, and everything we're going to talk about is always released the Friday before our meeting. So you could go on the city of Alpena website and see what's on the agenda. So, you know, ahead of time. Uh, so it's kind of out there, um, but it's difficult to get that out to people. And, and I get it. I don't really pay that much attention to, to most things, you know, prior to being as involved as I am, but uh I like to get stuff out there now. That'll be, you know, if we talk about lessons learned or what I've learned, um, uh, definitely to when I know something's going to be controversial or, 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 you know, you really want to know what's the community think, uh, two way streets, Mishkewis, uh, currently, uh, banning smoking in our parks. These are big things that we want to make sure. And everybody on council agrees. We we're all on the same page as far as, we want to make sure that we hold a public hearing, that we let people know that, you know, so we talk about it at a couple meetings um, and let people kind of stir around with it. See if, you know, it kind of brings the interest. So, um, so what's, what's been your favorite thing about being mayor so far? Um, my favorite thing. Most of my friends are probably saying he's going to say food. <laughs> I, get, I get fed a lot. Um, I go to a lot of events, you know, that yeah. that have food. Yeah. Um, so because we and we laugh about it. Uh, um, so so food is is pretty cool. Um, uh, the events, meeting people, um, meeting people, and getting to know people, and people, and how um, how how Alpina got to where it is right now. Not, not so much in the history. I'm not a big history buff, but when you're going over your, your last 29 guests, you know, I'm picking people out of there and I'm saying, you know, in my mind, I'm saying that's, that's how that guy got us where we are now. That, that girl was in a, played a big role in what's going on in Alpina and why we're thriving right now and why we're doing so well, even when other communities weren't in 2000. You know, it wasn't 10, 11, 12, yeah. uh, wasn't that long ago where people were asking me, why would you want to run for mayor now? I mean, everything is horrible. And, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, you just 
I, I just love the story of Alpina and, and what we're doing right now. So it's probably my favorite thing. I think one of the biggest problems in our country, not to get too political, because I know Brad doesn't like it. He'll be shaking his head. I don't like it either. But I won't. But I'm not going to. You'll see. I'm, I'm not getting there. So don't worry. I think one of the biggest problems we have right now is apathy toward government. Mm-hmm. And I think one I think one of the things that would help solve a lot of our problems is if people would just get more involved. And so that's why I thought asking what made you decide to run for mayor. Um, I asked Sue when Sue came on, we asked her the same question because <clears throat> I think it's important for people to get educated about issues, try to do whatever they can because the it just seems like the level of apathy as you probably get grows, you know. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know. I guess that's just where. Yeah, and it don't. Um, it, it it. I didn't. I didn't really think. I guess coming into it that I would be able to make any real difference. Um, so when you asked me, you know, why did you, you know, why did you run for mayor? Why did you, you know, try? It 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 certainly wasn't because I I thought at the time I had a whole lot to offer. To be quite honest with you, um, uh, I I just I love the the parts that I knew about it. Okay. I, I, I really enjoy um, running meetings properly and professionally. Uh, I like people. I like discussing things with people. Um, Peter Battaglia told me one time and I never forget it. He's like, when you're, when you're dealing with an issue, don't talk, you don't need to talk to the people that agree with you. Cause what good is that? Well, it's just not going to help you. It's not going to help your mind. It's not going to help you determine um, your final, you know, where you finally want to be at. So you kind of, so you, you tend to try and talk to people that have a different perspective. Um, Misha Q is, for instance, um, talked a lot to Joe about, you know, his thoughts. He put out that big plan. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and read a lot of his stuff and, and, um, second Avenue when that was a big issue, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people. I even had a specific meeting and I told the organizer of the meeting I want and, and pardon me, you know, I was like, bring the haters. Okay. Bring the people that don't want second Avenue to change because, because I don't really need to talk to people that have the same perspective that I have. And so we had a meeting um, full of um, people that didn't see it the same way that I did. And we talked to them and, and hopefully they felt at the time that, that I, that I wasn't there to just, you know, blow smoke and say, okay, now you feel better. I'm going to go make my decision. Um, we, we followed up on every single one of their concerns to see if that was, you know, was going to be an issue for our growth. Yeah. Um, and I, that's one of my favorite things that I've seen that's gone on over the past couple of years. It seems like uh, some of these issues when we could, you know, in the next segment, we'll talk a little more about successes and failures. But um, it's really easy to just I think one of my biggest problems I have or gripes is that people just like to just be like keyboard superheroes on Facebook, for example, and they're not necessarily willing to do the work. You know, and what I mean by that is just learn the issue and study it, or maybe, you know, I mean, you guys aren't just going to take Second Avenue and just, hey, well, we're kind of bored in 2018 and let's just flip it around. You know, I mean, that yeah. that just doesn't happen. So there's got to be a, a logical reason of why someone's thinking of that. Yeah. You know, and, it, so. you know, that that particular issue was at was at different committed committee levels for 12 months before, you know, before it got to the, um, I guess, eventually the planning commission. Um, but people don't see that. And I understand, I mean, nobody's at a, at a DDA economic development subcommittee meeting. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, um, and so, you know, those things kind of, um, did we learn a lot from that? Yeah. Yeah. We learned a lot. Um, and, and so we're kind of, um, not to touch on a million things, um, but we're, but for that, for what we learned off of the second Avenue, 
um, issue um, was was exactly what we talk about now when we talk about paid parking. So, you know, there was a very small uh, brief article in the paper about, you know, the coming of paid parking in a parking garage and things of that nature. And so what we learned from that other um, from other events uh, is is how we try to handle things a little bit different. I want people to be involved. I want them to feel like they were involved and that they had a part of it. Um, and that's, you know, that's what it's all about. Right. And I think that's why I, I try to challenge people at times, like to get more involved, you know, and not just say something, but actually become like, like you said, maybe you're not going to be running for city council, but you know, some of these committees that, are on lower levels that you have the opportunity to volunteer for or be a part of, or just give your input on a lot of times go up to these places that make the bigger decision. Oh yeah. yeah and just, yeah, we count on them. You yeah. count on them because if you think that five people sitting on city council are going to um, study and get and do all of the legwork for everything that happens in Alpena, it's no, it doesn't work that way at all. Um, there's different committees and commissions and then they have subcommittees and they, they do all the, uh, the vast majority of all that data collecting and, and, um, and determining, you know, the best avenue for us to go. And we, a lot of times we have our faith in them, uh, especially the DDA and the planning commission. Those are two huge committees that they do a ton of legwork before it even gets introduced to us on a public level. So. Um, another question I had here was, and we'll pivot if you don't mind. Um, I know we talk about downtown a lot and I don't mean just you, but not that or the city council, but I mean, even on here on the pod, Brad and I talk about downtown all the time, but there's the West corridor on 32. There's the South corridor in the town, you know, um, I think there's a lot of other parts of Alpena that are just not the downtown and that tends to take a lot, um, of the talk. Or it seems like, but and because down to having a thriving downtown is important to Alpena, of it course. Is. Yeah, it's um, the hub. Yeah. Uh, is there a certain part that you've really, been really excited about? Just, I know South Corridor is one. South Corridor. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. North Corridor. Um, uh, South Corridor probably the most because the story is so awesome to me. Um, when you um, when you look at Larry and, um, and uh, um, his name's going to escape me, it's Partika. Um, but when they... Um, when they started their story of just going for walks every day and starting to pick up litter and then realizing they're getting bags and bags of litter. And then they look around and, um, and they start to come up with a plan of cleaning up that corridor. Um, you know, that's, that's not in the city of Alpena. Um, but when they brought their story to me, um, I was all on board and I talked to Greg and I talked to Rich and, um, and Joel and, you know, our whole team basically. And I said, listen, this is, this is how I see it. That's the that's the entryway into the city of Alpena. People don't know when they're coming in from out of town where the city actually starts. There's probably a small sign, but um, but for me, that's the city starts um, or Alpena in general starts when people get um, when they start coming into the community. I think it's fair. So, most people think Alpena starts a big lot. So I don't think you're. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, when you when you start coming in, just a main <clears throat> town, you go to Sheboygan or anything. You you know you you start. You, you just consider yourself in that community when, when the, when the trees stop. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I love their story. I love what they did. I love where they're going. They got so many, so much support behind them, volunteer work from uh, not only business owners, but even they had volunteers from the CRTC come into town that have really no stake in Alpino whatsoever. They're <laughs> yeah. just here for a week and they said, Hey, you, you know, you got anything for us to do? And they gave them a bunch of paint. Um, 
So their, their story is great. And I, I think that's probably going to be one of the biggest things for somebody that leaves Alpina for 10 years and then comes back. The South Corridor is probably going to be their biggest change, I think. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Everything they're doing there. And I think that's you brought up a great point because the South and the West corridor really are the two main funnels right. into Alpena. Yeah. So yeah, the West, you know, the West will grow with. I see that just growing with what it with what it is with uh, whether it be more big box or whether it just be um, retail and things like that. Uh, the North corridor, or I mean, the South corridor is going to be with their expanding the trail um, with the bike path, the 45th parallel sign, a small park for that. And they have come, I mean, I could talk about them all day. They, <laughs> yeah. they have just come from meetings where you just, we say, okay, we're going to, everybody's going to throw their support into this group, whether we have any real role play or not. I can't, I can't spend um, city taxpayers money on their projects, so I can't fund them, but I can give them support. And so, um, and so we're going to come to this meeting. And so Greg and I went to the meeting, Jim Claridge came to the meeting, of course he played a role. And when you sit at a meeting and you have, um, you have the big players from all the departments that were that are going to be involved in this. Um, you know the the DNR, the EPA, the the um, uh, road commission. I mean everybody. Everybody was there, and it was the first meeting was so um, it was so <laughs> past the box. Somebody else, somebody else is in charge of that. It, it was so it banged around. It was like nobody nobody really wanted to help. Um, and so, and it was because it was kind of, it was kind of unorganized and nobody wanted to jump at it. Um, when you start talking about wetlands and you start talking about, you know, road expansion and things like that and bike paths and affecting people's driveways, they've actually removed some driveways, which was one of their goals. Um, and so you just look back from where they started to where they are now, they could have just said, okay, nobody cares. Let's go. Two guys. Yeah. Got, I'm sure they got better things to do, right. um, but they didn't. And they got, you know, they got some big, um, Big Alpena names, Neiman and Plowman and, and Youngs behind them to help support them. And it's it's a fantastic story. It's yeah, awesome. It's it really gonna be great. Is. When they're done, it's gonna be great. Oh, it's gonna be I the forty fifth the idea of a forty fifth parallel park to me. Yeah. Is, I don't know how many times I drive by that and I'll see people parked dangerously. Sure. Taking a picture. Taking a picture and you know sometimes it's a person I know. Sometimes it's not though. And it's right. a family with kids all trying to yeah. be around the sign and yeah. it's just uh yeah, I think that and it's really one of the things that's associated with Alpena, right? Is yeah. that forty fifth hurdle yeah. marker. So yeah, yeah. super cool. Very cool. Parking and over. Because that water is just keeping back over towards the water. It's gonna cantilever out over the it's going to be this side of it, from what I understand. Yeah. This side of the water. Yep. There's a billboard there. There's water something. on the other side, too. Yeah. No, I mean, this. it's going to move It's going to move this way, to, towards town. Yeah. A very short distance. I yeah. think it's not going to be. billboards or something there. Yeah. So. No, I was just wondering if it's going to be water. Well, I think this would be a great spot to take a break. Okay. And then we'll come back and then we'll maybe talk about some of the – you know, just some of the things you've learned throughout the past couple of years and sure. some, some of the woohoo moments and some of the geez oh, moments. All right. All right. Awesome. Cool. But yeah, I know I've been slapping. I'm well aware of it. And I tend to think about it when I get home. I didn't even thought about it until tonight. Like, well, oh, crap. For me personally, and we'll get back to Matt here in a second, is that I actually think of, I've actually thought of someone 
And I think she's all right. I've talked to Allison and she's like, it's not a bad idea. We're just trying to figure out how to like introduce you to it and see if it is even possible. So, all right. We'll talk about that more here in a bit. Probably confused me. So, um, so Matt, let's talk about some of the awesome things that you've done since mayor or what, some things you're proud of or, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, and it, it's, and honestly, it's, it, this is everything that we do is such a team oriented, um, uh, events, everything. Um, obviously one of the biggest things that I was involved with was the, um, was when I, from the beginning and probably one of the bigger things even since I've been uh, here was uh, attaining Sky West for our, our air service. Um, hitting off something like that right from the start, um, it was within my first few months, um, was great. But but there again, it wasn't just me. It was, uh, you know, you make some phone calls, you get a team together. It's the first thing I like to do is just surround myself with people that are smarter than me or or, or are what I'm not. Um, and that team just certainly was, uh, and we, we all, we all had a share in getting that done. And that was a great proud moment, I think for Alpino and it's worked out very well since. Um, and you learn, you know, I learned immediately from that, how teams can work. And, um, and we've even tried to, it's interesting because you try to put that same team back together and you say, wow, that was really successful, but it, and we have, but it's, um, it, it doesn't always work on another thing or, or again, or things like that. But, uh, but that was certainly great. It was a great learning experience for all of us. Um, there's, uh, there's just, um, just main things in general. That one, that one probably just had the biggest highlight of all. Um, uh, hopefully one day I'll be able to say the same thing about, uh, the township, the issue with the township and our water. Um, that's going to be a success. It's, it's going to, because it has to, right. how we get there is extremely painful. Mm -hmm. Um, years and years, uh, five now. <laughs> um, but that, that's going to be great. I just keep telling myself and I think everybody does that it's going to, it's going to work its way out. It has to. Um, so things like that, you kind of wait for, um, but well, I think it's important. I, I want to say it's, it's tragic to have an example of when it doesn't work out right here in the state of Michigan, right with Flint and their water crisis. Right. You know, so I'm not, don't mean to be super dramatic about and saying that that's never going to happen with the township, but it's important to understand what happens when people aren't communicating, people are giving up and people don't want to work for it anymore. And we certainly don't have that going on here. Yeah. I mean, despite whatever all may happen in the end of the day, you still have two sides that are still working for it. Yeah. So, and Alpina is really lucky for that. Cause like I said, you don't have to go very far to find a really sad example of that falling, that failing. So. Yeah. And just probably, um, you know, off the top of my head, I guess, uh, um, you know, and I even, um, I didn't, I don't, I don't hang my hat on the air service thing on the sky West thing, but, um, but it was, it was a, it was a big occurrence and it's probably just like this discussion every now and again, when I take a quick break, I'm like, this isn't me. This isn't the me I know. I don't usually, I would have never thought that seven years ago, I would even know all of this stuff that I know. That's kind of the weird, amazing thing. When we got done with the sky West thing, I knew more about air service and how ridiculously complex it, it's almost at a sickening level as far as the, the global air service community is. Um, and, and you learn things like that, um, almost every day. And then you find yourself talking about it. And it's like, I'm not even, that's not me talking like that. <laughs> right. um, same with government, same with how Lansing works. And, and I'm not saying it's a sickening level. I'm just saying things that you, 
things that you learn and, and, and even how city government works, how, how all of these, I didn't even know <laughs> when I campaigned, I didn't even really know all of the different commissions and committees that we had. Oh, yeah, I sure. knew the big, you know, I knew the big three, <laughs> yeah. um, but you learn and you start meeting people. And it was, it, it was very embarrassing at first to not, um, to meet somebody and they'd say, yeah, I'm on the parks and rec committee. And you're like, <laughs> oh, you don't want to say it out loud. Yeah. We have one of those. You know? Yeah. And, um, but, um, but they're so behind the scenes. Uh, some of them like the Harbor, uh, the Harbor advisory board, those, meet, the, the, those groups, just, some of them just meet on a need, need to meet basis. Um, and so they're not very regular and they're, and what they do is, is behind the scenes. And, uh, and so the common person like myself at that time, uh, didn't, you know, didn't know that there were so many, um, the, the city has a, has more parks than I originally thought, uh, as far as city property and city run parks. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, just, um, that's like a secret goal or not a secret goal, but if we, Alice and I ever could, we would love to adopt a a park. Adopt a park is, yeah. And just, you know, we've, you know, each time we kind of start thinking about one, one gets taken, you know, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. It's awesome that people are realizing that that's a program and you can kind of, just not necessarily make it your own, but just take care of it. Yeah. Just, you know, some of them, they need love. and Yeah. And that's, you know, Adopted Park is a good example of your, what you were touching on before earlier in the conversation as far as what people know and what they don't know. Okay. So you look at a park, especially one as visible as that pocket park by the old Owl Cafe. Um, it's got the mural on it now and, uh, and the history of that. And, and now they're, you know, now they're finally putting in the landscaping and stuff. And so, um, it's, you know, in, in social media, there you go. Um, you know, why are they putting sand and rocks instead of grass? Or why are they, why are they doing anything, uh, uh, you know, that, they, that this person or that person might be opposed to? And, and you know, because I'm day-to-day, it's, it's sometimes easy for me to sit and think, um, you know, we've had an adoptive park program for many years now. It's on the website. It's advertised. It's, we talk about it at our meetings every now and again just to get it back out there. And so a group went to the, went to, you know, the follow the proper channels to adopt a park. Um, and there it is. And so anybody that's got a great idea or something that they would like to do, we've, we have a lot of parks and some of them are very small, like the pocket, uh, and some of them are very big. Um, but, uh, bring your ideas to, to the engineering department and, um, and the vast majority of them get approved, get approved as long as there's not a ton of funding involved. But even with funding, Look at the big two right now, the that pocket park with the mural and the dog park. Those were those were almost completely funded without a lot of city involvement. The city did put a little bit more into the dog park at the beginning, um, but uh, than we anticipated. But we found it, and it was and it's very well used. I've gone by there, and um, but if you you know if you've got opinions about about parks or about things, get involved. The the, the dog park that that took. Well, from the concept, it probably took better than a year for them to. And I, I just to took that. pictures of the dog park, um, some with my drone. Um, the girl, the Girl Scout mm-hmm. O'Brien. Um, I know the family that for her finish her project, she needed an aerial shot, oh, and they're okay. like, "Hey, would you mind?" And I'm like, "I would nothing more. <laughs> I would. I would love to do that awesome. for you guys." So I just this weekend, I was out taking some shots oh. of that, and um, you know. I'll, I'll never forget Allison's dad coming by and like he had the boardwalk fell in the river and just 
just the sheer agony on his face, you know, like, yeah. but yeah. shit happens. Yeah, it does. And the, the thing that, you know, and it's, and it's cool that it disappointed those guys, you know, it's, you know, cause you gear up to a big project like that, you get everything together and all of a sudden, all of a sudden life happens, you, life happens, it falls in, something falls in. And so you, um, what do you do? What's a good team do? What do these guys do this? And this isn't me. Okay. I didn't fix that break wall. Um, um, all I did was approve six figures to fix it. We shouldn't be laughing about that. Yeah, I, I know, but I mean, it's what but it is, though. But I mean, it had to be done. Yeah. You got to do it. So the first thing that, that that we said right from the beginning, and Rich Rich was very involved in that, was okay. Look, then we're going to do it right. We're going to make sure that we do it right with the with the, um, the the proper pilings and things of that nature. Um, and I just I love it when that stuff happens. And if it happens on my watch. Um, I don't want it. I don't want it to be. Um, I don't want to be the reference point. Uh, I'm just. I'm just happy to be here when all these great things happen. Cruise ship coming day after tomorrow for the second time. Biggest cruise ship in the Great Lakes since coming to Alpina. When I first got here, when I was campaigning, and I know I ramble a lot. I'm sorry. Probably no. not even answering your question no, at this point. No. But one of the five things they asked me. One of them was, "What do you think that one of that Alpina's greatest?" unused asset is and i easy harbor just like that we're a water community our harbor is so underutilized and it still is to this point and and so the answer at that time and i and i love this kind of stuff because the answer was like well we're and i don't know a lot about the great lakes i'm sorry but we're like 11 miles 11 or 12 miles off of the in in the bay that's how far you have to go from from where you're transiting through the Great Lakes into Alpine, I think it's like 11 or 12 miles. And so that's why we don't have a lot of activity here because nobody wants to go that far where they go to Harbor Springs or something and then they're right off of the coast. And I'm like, no, that's, no, that's weak. That's weak. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, so, Hey, let's work on that. Let's, you know, let's, let's really work on that. And teams over the years have, um, uh, uh, Jim Clarich and a small team were, were successful a few years ago getting that smaller uh, ship in here a couple of times. Uh, and then, and then to no fault of ours, it's my understanding that that cruise just kind of it didn't function very well or may or may not even be functioning at this point. But, um, but for Don and his team now, uh, which, you know, he doesn't like to take credit either, which is very nice, but they did in the paper, um, that Don and his team got this new cruise ship in, uh, and it's fantastic. That thing's huge. Sat out in the bay, um, may or may not eventually come all the way in, but uh, but to have that kind of that kind of uh, interaction with the world that you could stop anywhere on the mitten and you're going to come into Alpina, it's just, that's huge, and that overcomes the the whole theory that we're too far off of the main transit line for people to come in because yeah. we're we're apparently worth it for at least two trips, and hopefully they love it and they continue to keep coming. So it seems like tourism or I call them faces I don't recognize is up, Yeah, you know, and we've talked about it in the pot here, Brad and I, um, just over the summer, I, we, we could go to, we all go to scoops regularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've even seen you in scoops. Oh, so. yeah. And you know, and when you go in there now, there's a good chance you're going to know somebody. If somebody's in there, you're probably going to know them. But yeah. when you get to go in there in July, I walk in there, I didn't know anyone. Yeah. And then sometimes the, the lines out the door and I don't know anyone. And it's just like, that's, that's, that's a, that's an odd feeling for me. <laughs> yes. When you, you know, and it's because, because I've, in seven years, I've met a ton of people. So you meet a lot of people 
And when you walk into a room, when you walk into a full restaurant or a full scoops or anything, um, a store anywhere, and there's a lot of people there and you're, and you don't know, like maybe just two of them, um, at first it's, it's really, it's very <laughs> odd. And then you think, okay, well, the reason for that is because we're, people are seeing and you know, that, that Alpina is worth coming to visit. Yeah. And so that's fantastic. And for, and I'm sure maybe there's a statistic out there for Mary Beth or somebody, but for, you know, let's just say for every hundred people that visit here, three of them bring their family and move back here. Um, you know, the Austin brothers, for instance, fantastic story, best story ever. Um, but, uh, you know, to, to encourage people from the, whether it be from the base that come in here for training, a lot of times that's what you see around town, but to encourage them to um, give them a give them a reason to to encourage them to come back with their families. Um, Michigan is another great example. Where they have a lot of doctors that'll come in sure. for a short period of time and yeah. um, just never been to Alpena before. Yeah. Yes. So, so you know, the more the more you can expose them, people to that for whatever reason that they're here for, um, whether it be the cruise ship or fishing or or just to visit friends and family or whatever. So Saturday I was in Saturday. I wanted to, I had my drone in the air as you heard. So I wanted to, Tony is by default, the guy that did the mural. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't feel like I know him, even though I've, I've never met him. And Griffin and Justin both talk about him so much. And, um, a couple of pictures I've taken and he's messaged me on Facebook and asked if you could use them and all this crazy stuff. So I was like, well, if you, if you like that picture, let me get the video for you. I mean, so we took my drone down there this weekend and we're trying to create some stuff for him. And then there was some people that were from downstate and they normally go to Harbor Springs and they love it over there. And they're like, well, we just decided we were going to come over here because every year we go to Harbor Springs. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, we, like it so much better over here. And just to listen to them talk and, um, and Alice and I talked to them for a little bit with Griffin and, and it was just a neat, like I'm sure you've had dozens of those conversations, but yeah, it, well you do. And, and it's, uh, whenever I run into somebody as, you know, the first, first thing I want to ask them, I guess is, you know, how, how, did, how did you get here? What, why, you know, why did you get here? And, and there's quite a few, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of great stories. Um, um, the, the, um, the new director of the, of the not community foundation. That's Patrick oh, United, uh, United way. way. Yep. Um, you know, is it Sonia? Sonia. Yep. Sonia. Um, great story, you know, from Ohio, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I tell her all the time. <laughs> I'm sure she hears that a lot. Um, but, but that, it's but pure, uh, purely just joking, but, um, but you know, to have stories like that, like hers and the Austin brothers and, um, and thousands more, uh, the Daves that run the Cracker Barrel now, uh, fantastic and beautiful family. And they came here, um, and you just, <laughs> Dave rocks. you just want to know, doesn't it? You <laughs> just, just want to know, you're like, wow, how did that happen? Him and Priyanka are the just the neatest people they're very, on this planet. Very cool. Yeah. And so there's, there's, like you said, there's thousands of stories like that. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's good to be part of it. Yeah. It's great to be part of it. So, um, any of the challenges you want to talk about or, um, you know, big challenges, um, I don't know as far as as far as things that are challenging, um, I guess, or or things that are coming up. Okay, to get people kind of geared up and talking, uh, and I've hit on them a couple of times, just kind of quick. Uh, probably the biggest one we're going to talk about again tomorrow night. Uh, um, tomorrow night will be uh, um, banning smoking. Uh, whether we whether we do, we don't. Um, do we go full tobacco uh, products and including vapes, or do we just do smoking? Um, do we uh, is it all the parks or just a few of the parks that have a lot of people and kids or, um, 
And, and do we pass an ordinance that actually has penalty or do we just pass a resolution that kind of puts it on the people that are there's hands to say, hey, you know, there's a sign over that says no smoking. Um, that's a big decision, um, you know, and I'll put it out there for me. Uh, it was um, it's my main driver is the glitter. OK, um, I always felt that and not to get too political, but government wise, I, um, government wise, I don't think government exists to save you from yourself. You want to smoke cigarettes and die early. It's not my problem. Yeah. Now, the argument could be, yeah, but it raises our health care costs and all that stuff. Well, yeah. Of course it does, but it, but but to make something you know, but but to make something illegal, I just kind of have an issue with that. Okay, so it's legal, so whatever. Um, but I don't want to I don't want to save people from themselves. So, but there's the aspect of health and healthcare that some of the other council members uh, are are you know part of their conversation, and that's fine. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Um, but where I come from is that if you got a thousand smokers. And only two of them are using a device to put their cigarette butts in. And obviously the rest aren't because there's butts everywhere it's at a sickening level. And so that will be probably one of my, the biggest factors in me agreeing that we should probably put a ban on smoking in the public parks. Um, if you could, uh, you know, and even to go further than that, what people, and I'll just touch on it really quick because you got enough listeners that word will travel a little bit here. Um, a lot of people don't know that when you pitch your cigarettes out your window uh, in the city of Alpena, goes down in the drain and goes in the curb drains and those curb drains flush right out into the water. No filtration system whatsoever. There's a, there's a gravity drain that takes solids. Um, but your butts float, and so they're going right out into the river. There's two exits in the river, and I think there's three in the bay. And so a lot of those wash back up onto the beach, obviously. Um, so it's not all public. It's not all the public parks that this, because because clearly there's hundreds of thousands of cigarette butts down at the at Michigan's and Starlight and the and the harbor, and there aren't hundreds of thousands of people down there. So it's coming, you know, so it's everybody knows, or at least we know, and now I'm telling you that a lot of it does actually come from the storm drains. Um, but when you go down there and um, and people are flicking their cigarette butts around the new splash park and a kid might step on it, a uh, kid might eat it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, kids under two years old like to stuff everything in their mouth, dogs might eat them. Um, you know, that's, that's really, that's bothersome to me. Um, and, and I've probably pushed to probably include, uh, the Marina as well, which a lot of people aren't really too happy with, but, uh, um, but you look at the Marina and, you know, if everybody could pick up after themselves, that would be one thing, but the God's honest fact is, is that they don't. And so, well, again, if you listen to the pod, us telling people to pick up after themselves is, and we, for, during the summer, we said it every episode because we would go to concert in the park and we would leave and, or we go to the roller derby and we'd leave and it's just amazing. People just don't pick up. Yeah. Yeah. And it so. was kind of a rant there. Um, but that's going to be, that's probably one of our biggest challenges is to, to agree on, you know, um, what we're going to do there. Um, other than that, uh, things coming up, uh, got our, uh, most of them are challenges. Most of them are great things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like the corridor we touched on, uh, there's restaurants that are going to probably open up. I tell people within the next couple of years, you're going to see, uh, at least three new restaurants opening uh, in, the, in the downtown area in Alpena. Um, still more talk about another hotel. Um, you know, just great things. Mr. Q is, is going to come back up. Uh, that's part of the um, parks plan. So that'll be put into the parks plan. How how that's funded, who knows? Uh, maybe some improvements at the, at the marina. Um, but uh, yeah, it's all good stuff. 
um, challenges, you know, obviously there again, our biggest challenge is to, is to get done with this water rates thing with the township. Mm -hmm. Um, that's big. Otherwise it's just only one one I can really think of that seems, and I'll be honest with you. I just don't ever see it being fixed is parking. And the only thing I could ever see parking not being an issue for downtown Alpena, and this goes for any downtown, this isn't exclusive to Alpena, is if the town dies, if downtown dies, yeah. and nobody wants to go down there, then it's not an issue. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, I guess it's oddly a good problem to have if there's not enough parking, because that means more people want to be down there. Um, everybody knows our town is set up in a wheel. <laughs> so yes. You know, it's a it's a spokes on a wheel kind of format, and so the, the so the roads are kind of goofy. Um, they're very narrow, probably from horse and buggy days uh, when things were entered from the back or whatever. Uh, so we have narrow streets to deal with. Uh, so you try and plug as many parking spots in there as you can. Um, the reverse angle parking, which uh, Rich Sullinger had a ton to do with, um, I think it was a great success. Uh, people don't like it. People are always not going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't like the parallel park either. Um, so, um, but I think as far as this, it seems to be getting utilized, it's full a lot. People are backed in now. Um, they kind of get it. Um, I was really glad. Um, I was apprehensive about the whole thing myself on how it would work, but I'm glad that it did because it offered at least, what, four or six more parking spots than parallel on both sides would have. So it's uh, so things like that are cool. I love creativity. I love you know, something we didn't think about that might work. Um, but, uh, you know, you get the parking thing and it's like, it's so, it's kind of, it's, it's a bit complex, but not so much. I mean, you can't, you can't make a business owner not park in front of their store. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make a, you know, somebody that works at one place or another, not park um, in front of somebody else's store and, you know, play the game of moving their car every two hours or whatever. Um, so, you know, you try to, you try to curb that by, by the, you know, the time commitment thing with the time, two hour parking and all that. We tried that. Um, whether we, you know, the hope is that sooner or later we'll get a developer in that will either partner with the city or the city itself. will put a parking garage up. I, I think, I think it's coming. I think we need one within the next five to 10 years. And so the goal is what do we have to do to get there? Yeah. And that'll alleviate a lot. I mean, I think a parking garage is, well, for lack of a better term, a necessary evil. Yeah. Is where it's going to come. If you want to continue to grow, grow the downtown area, and I think <clears throat> and I don't see it stopping. Yeah. No, so. I don't. Yeah. No, not at this point because yeah. um, things are obviously only gotten better, and people are really interested with the uh, with the couple of guys that are you know putting the restaurants in and renovating some buildings down there. And um, I think it's going to be time for us to put one in, and uh, you know, and, and everybody is you know, and we immediately think, okay. Look at everything else in Alpena. When you look at the NOAA facility, when you look at the arena, um, the probably the one of the nicest non-collegiate arenas in the state of Michigan. And you look at um, some of our, you know, some of our, well, our Holiday Inn Express downtown is fairly unique. So we tend to do things unique here. And so parking garage, when it comes, if most of us, including Greg Sunden, have anything to do with it, it's not going to be this big gray cement building it's going to be it's going to encompass what is alpina you know with uh with um, some brickwork possibly some stores on the bottom level um so it's not just going to be this big hunk of of gaudiness downtown we wouldn't do that to our town or on behalf of some of the people depend on this pod 
We want a rooftop bar. Rooftop bar, man. I love it. You know, you know I love it. You, you, when you get up above and look down over, you know, if you ever get that opportunity, whether it be in the hotel or that uh, green space that they have at the NOAA facility, um, or if you ever get the opportunity to go up on the, on top of the uh, movie theater, the state theater, which is probably one of the tallest buildings in town, it's amazing. It's really cool. So that would be a great idea. I'd yeah. be all for that. Well, of course, it's all. I mean, we could come up with ideas all day. It's all money. You got to have well, money to do it. it is. Yeah. But but you look at something like that. So that's leasable space. Same yeah. as having stores on the bottom. So now it's not just, you know, $4 a car or whatever it is for the day or a dollar a day or, you know, how much, you know, go to Chicago, it's 40 bucks. Right. But um, but they don't have to just count on the revenue of cars parking there. They can count on a lease upstairs at a fantastic bar or they can, you know, a storefront downstairs or something like that. So you encompass all those different things and that's it, how things happen. It's also worth, since you said it, and I'll say it for you, is that all those parking downtown aren't free. They're, you pay, a, you know, you have... Um, meters, that's meters what I yeah. Yeah. even the Traverse City has meters. Yeah, well, yeah, so. we're one of the only communities of our size that doesn't. Yeah, um, and some are ridiculously expensive, and we all go there. And when we go, we just go because yeah. you expect to go to a bigger city. And you, you know, Petoskey is still clunking the thing that you turn. It's really kind of old and stuff, but uh, but it's just part of a community. And sure, we want everything to be free, but it just you know it just doesn't always work out that way. But, yeah, I just. My, I think people can kind of figure out where I stand on parking. It's just if you want the some of the bells and whistles, you have that's, to pay for them that's, somehow. That's, that's a, yeah. kind of my attitude. Yeah, about that's it. the that's and it's a great attitude to have because if you want to alleviate with a, with a no one, no one is going to put in. I shouldn't say no one, but that's a challenge. <laughs> um, no one's going to put a, a parking garage in if there's free parking all over town. This yeah. is not how it works. So most of your developers insist that you have paid parking on the streets in order for them to obviously realize some type of benefit. Realize the benefit yep. of parking in the garage. So, um, yeah, very cool. Right. Well, I think we covered a lot. Yeah. Well, at least you two have. <laughs> um, I think we're going to do something you live. Any, any questions or anything? Or? Oh, well, kind of Brad does jump in when he when he feels good about something. Yeah. yeah, he'll just say, like, "Oh, wait!" Um, and I couldn't strike a nerve. Yeah, right. yeah, covered it all. Brad wants to have a well. Brad and his neighbor, we're, we're going to have a block party here this summer. So we don't know how we're going to do it yet. But awesome <laughs> music stage. Can't get rid of that house next door. That's a little excessive. Red seems like a strong word. Well, there was some Anyways. illegal things going on there. <laughs> Anyways. So um, our next segment, we're going to do our top five. We're going to do our top five Eagles' pleasure songs. Yes. So um, we've all got a list. I did give Matt the heads up that he can have honorable mentions. So, um, yeah. all right. So we'll wrap this one up, and then we'll come back and get into that. All right. Are you going to, like, explain your criteria on how you no, chose these? No, I am going to. <laughs> no. But anyway, since we're recording. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> that's all right. That's, that's, that's fine. We're on our top five guilty pleasure songs. And I'll start with my honorable mentions here. I have three. There's Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Uh, Cherry Pie by Warrant. And every rose has its thorn by poison. 
Pull it to the I don't. All right, keep going. Keep going. (laughs) My number five is Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. That one's a little better. That one's creepy, but it's. it's, We'll let the mayor go last. We'll let him (laughs) back clean up. So I felt like guilty pleasure is something like you're embarrassed about. Like when you're you're almost like ashamed that you like it. And then when other people realize, like I said, if someone picked up my iPod and they're like, we're scanning through it, like, what in the hell are you listening to? So th- that's kind of been my basis, like of this whole thing. The, like, for example, one of the greatest guilty pleasure songs. If you look up the list, is "Don't Stop Believing." And we talked about this on one podcast. Oh. I don't think anyone thinks that's a bad song, though, really. So I don't think it's yeah. really. It doesn't right. really fall into that category for me. So I'd agree. Yeah. Um, so let's see. What do I got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right. Um, on my honorable mentions, how far I'll go. From the Mona soundtrack is one of them. Um, you Belong to Me by Taylor Swift, which I know is super poppy. And it's kind of popular, but at the same time. so. And then my third one, As Long As You Love Me by the Backstreet Boys. So those are my three um, honorable mentions. So number five for me is never going to give you up by Rick Astley. <laughs> so. I, love I love that song. It's, it's funny because, well, when you did the guilty pleasure thing and then I had to, you know, I hear that, I hear that phrase a lot, but I actually Googled it to make sure that I was on board with what it actually meant. And you were kind of hitting on yeah. it, you know, um, and then I kind of mixed mine a, a little bit with that and a little bit with songs that just make me literally stop doing what I'm doing to either listen to or to sing with or to whatever. So, um, so with that said, my honorable mentions would be a bit of an obscure song, um, by Hawkwind. It was called Motorhead and, um, and obviously Lemmy Kilmister and, um, Ginger Baker became extremely famous after that and actually let me form the, the band Motorhead. So I love that song. Um, my other honorable mention would be uh, He Stopped Loving Her Today by George Jones. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people hate that song. Uh, it, uh, gives me goosebumps. <laughs> That's awesome. The story, the, the storyline uh, of the song is awesome. So. You guys aren't explaining your songs very much as far as how, why you chose them. But well, I might get there a little bit more as I... I could do that. No, you don't have to. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, no, you can. I mean, feel free to. (laughs) The Rick Astley song, obviously, it was from the 80s, but ever since Rickroll came out, and some people, the people that understand Rickroll, but I went back to school, okay, just recently. I mean, I'm I'm done with it now, but so for the past three years, and I don't know, Brad probably knows the story loosely, but you get in these discussion boards, and we were in a cohort, so... The people that I went to school with, we all were together for all two and a half years. So that's, there's three semesters a semester. So, you know, there's 12 times where we, and we had two classes each. So that's 24 classes. We had to introduce ourselves each time right. to the teacher. Like, hello, you know, my name's Steve. I'm from Alpine and blah, 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 blah. So by the time you do it the fifth time, you're just like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. Like we're all, we would all like kind of pick on each other. So my last one I ever did I rickrolled. I used the words from never going to give you up. 
So when you read it, it reads like a second grader wrote it. Like, my name's Steve, and I'm never going to be ever be able to blah, 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 because I'm going to, and then you know, blah, blah, blah. So then I posted it, and the teacher was like, oh, that's very interesting, Steve, that, well, good for you. I'm glad, good luck in the class. Well, then, like, three days later, I posted the picture of, like, what I did, and everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. So, like... Cool. Yeah, that that's song. Cool. I love that song. That's cool. Oh, and I didn't do my number five. Yeah. So, and uh, and for the record, Ice Ice Baby could have easily made my list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're not alone. Uh, so, for, so my number five is the Safety Dance. <laughs> Great <laughs> song. Men yeah. Without Hats. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. You either love it or you don't. Know. Yeah. That's it's yeah, one I'm, of my running songs. It's on yeah. my. Do you still run? At the, I didn't run this year. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. pretty much took the year off, but uh, I was running pretty regularly for about three years. I'm going to try to get back into it this year. Yeah. I'm going to pick a race and register, and Allison's aboard. She goes, I think you should do it. So I never thought I'd like it until I bought the, I bought the shoes, and then I paid so much for them, I figured, well, I better use them. And so I started running, and uh, maybe even ran a few races that you were in. Came in second behind you one time. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that's – well, that was a junior achievement race, yes. and there weren't very many races. No, <laughs> there, no. If there were, when there's more, I'm nowhere near second behind Brad. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, that was fun. I find buying shoes is like the best thing because one, you're right, you've made an investment, and you need to kind yeah. of like cash in on that. Right. But two, it's like I always find if I can wear them out, if I run enough and wear them out, then I get to buy another pair, and there then it go. becomes like this whole carrot on the end of the stick thing. Yeah. So, yeah, circle, of life. circle, of life. circle of shoes. <laughs> Number four. Number four is "Putting on the Ritz" by Taco. Nice. I've been with you in your car where that song has come on, so I recall that. So that makes sense to me. I don't know why I like it, but <clears throat> this song I just want to sing too. Um, number four for me. So it's kind of like not. It's right on the fringe, and there's something about it that makes it so. It's all I want for Christmas is you, but it's the Justin Bieber version. Of it. So <laughs> it's not just the Mariah Carey version. But for some reason, I don't mind Justin Bieber being in that song. <laughs> of despite all the other, so yeah, there it is. Right <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so my number four is uh, is Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. I don't know if it fits in a guilty pleasure or not. It's a great song. It's really popular. And yeah. It seems like everybody likes it, but uh, but I didn't think of Vanilla Ice when I was making that. Like, I find that song so is probably more generational. Maybe so, yeah. Because you know, I mean, the people our age kind of grew up with that song and yeah. listened to it. Eighties hair band, kind yeah, of thing, so. yeah, definitely. I feel like Young Guns too. Was yeah, in that movie. Ah, uh, yeah. All right, number three is. Rock Me Amadeus by Falco. <laughs> Good choice. I like it. Yeah. Just something about it, right? Just something about it. It has nothing to do with Amadeus the movie either. Okay. Um, so I like when he treat- stops midway through and just starts blurting out fun facts about it, <laughs> yeah. about Amadeus. <laughs> um, number three for me. Used to be a song that, like, I felt is this, in this category, but now all of a sudden it's become cool again. So it's Africa by Toto. Oh, and yeah. now, like, ever since uh, Weezer remixed it, it's like everywhere, and it's like kind of become cool now. But for the longest time, that song was not cool. Right. <laughs> so like, and in some circles, it's still it's not still cool. not cool. So 
but it's so I guess if you wanted to call party fall on, you can because it's kind of cool right now. But no. yeah, no, I think it fits together. <laughs> I just can't believe Weezer re-recorded it; didn't even change anything about it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't seem that different to me. Uh, my number, my number three is "What Is Love" by Hathaway. Nice. From Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> That's a great Every time I hear it, I want to hit my head on the window. I, I saw that. That was on a lot of lists, like guilty pleasure lists. Oh, was it? <laughs> that was on there. All these so far we've said are all on there. It's, I didn't even look at a list. I didn't think of living them. I'm kind of glad I did there. I probably would have just copied one. But. All right. My number two is On the Wings of Love by Jeffrey Osborne. Really? Yes. You're such a softy. I know, I know. But it was used as a theme song for either The Bachelor or The Bachelorette a couple of years ago. And the guy just went on talk soup or the soup, whatever that he show was. With yeah, but he would make fun of himself with it. He would eat a bucket of chicken and just have the song playing in the background. So I'm going to do cheat. I'm going to tell you my number one since everybody already knows what my number one is. So my number one is Party of the USA by Myra Cyrus. And I explained this, uh, Justin Cooper's pod, Christian Cooper. Um, the song is just between Allison and then I'll DJ every once in a while. And for some reason, everybody likes that song and it's just kind of growing on me. So, but everyone kind of knew, well, yeah. So everyone kind of knew my number one. So, but I wanted to say it's consistent because it really is my number one guilty pleasure song. So since everyone knew my number one, I'll save my number two for the end. So that's why I was thinking. Cool. So cool strategy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two is uh, Saturday Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Nice. Yes. When it starts, when that song starts, it's just like everything stops. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And you know you want to be as cool as John Travolta. And, and you never will be. You <laughs> no. could you could put a white suit on, <laughs> and you would never even really be that cool ever. No. All right. Well, number one is Rhythm of the Night by DeBarge. The song just makes me happy. That is, yes. And whenever Rick plays it in class or after class, I'm just singing there, dancing, singing, and everybody's looking at me, what the hell's wrong with this guy? You're just having a moment. I don't care. Yeah. It's a good song. Thanks. Uh, so my number two favorite song, Guilty Pleasure, is You Can't Stop the Beat from the Hairspray soundtrack. So... Not a super big musical guy, but I absolutely love that song. And time it comes on, I sing it, I'll blare it, I'll crank it. And when they perform it down to the band shell, I was singing along with them. And yeah, so that's it. That's just the truth. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> my number one, I kind of, I kind of played around with a little bit in my head, was, you know, guilty pleasures and and uh, you know what song I really like that maybe the people around me may or not at the time. Um, I had, uh, I had two, and I. Um, I'll tell you what the one is that I booted off of my off of my top number one list was uh, Personal Jesus, um, <laughs> and I so I booted that one because I already had kind of too many songs in that kind of era, and so I replaced it with For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. Nice. And um, I live next to St. Bernard's, and so if I'm working or something, and the, the the bells that they set off on the hour they start out with the exact same. I mean, it's I just I feel like in my head that song's gonna go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I got to go put it on my on my phone or something so I can listen to it out. But, uh, Great list. My list. Any surprises? <clears throat> surprise omissions? No. I'm surprised you didn't have any type of pop, like sherry pop that you like. 
I knew you wouldn't put any really hip hop on that list because no, bro. you're just not ashamed of it at all. I'm so. actually not ashamed of any of this. Well, in the end of the day, I'm not really either. I mean, you—that's why they are what they are because yeah. they, they mean something to you. So. I think people that know my personality or know what I listen to regularly, mm-hmm. and then when they find out that I have that when I run, I I have to play the safety <laughs> dance because it just makes me laugh, and smile, and I just love the s s s s or or the fact that I like the Bee Gees. I always love the Bee Gees. Yeah, those are all good running songs too, though. They're just anything with a steady beat, the kind of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the top five. We'll come back and we're probably going to do a little bit of a longer closeout. So, all right. Oh, sorry. (laughs) All right. That was our episode. I'd like to thank Matt once again for coming and Gracing us with his presence. Thank you. The real mayor. Yes, the real mayor. So I have a friend that called the mayor. His name is Jason Spleet. <laughs> he used to work. Um, we I used to work at the mall when I was a kid, and he did too. And then he would walk around the mall. He would knew everyone. They would walk around and talk to each person. Like, it's like you're the mayor. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's me, the mayor. So that's I've been calling him the mayor for thirty years uh-huh. now. So, but yeah, there's there's several even in Alpena. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. So. Mayor of the North Side, Mayor of the Mayor of the Dry Dock, <laughs> Jennifer <laughs> Gallery. Um, unfortunately, not anymore since the Dry Dock doesn't exist. But um, yeah. yeah, there's uh, quite a few people out there with that. Uh, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, Friday, I guess I'm going down to Lincoln for the football game because Madison's going to be cheering at the beginning of the game and then halftime. Oh, that stinks! I'm going to miss that. So, yeah, that makes then, me sad. Saturday, I'm going to go to Roger City for the Kanabis 5K. So that should be a good time. And then that evening, there's a fundraiser for Alpina, the Plaza Pool. I'm going to go see. It's like a Euchre one? No. Oh, I thought they like had a band or something uh, playing. And yeah, I thought they had music and cards, but I didn't see that. Cool. Tickets for $5, so it's cheap to get in. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, what do you have planned for the weekend, Matt? Next weekend? I don't know. Looks like my right now I'm... Uh, I'm pretty clear. I'll probably do some work. I'm, it's gearing up for the winter, so lots of people want to get their fences in before the end of the year, so I've been busy doing that on my weekends. So. Do you hunt? I do not hunt. No, I was an uh, archery hunter for many years, and then I just kind of got out of it. And, uh, That's that. archery hunting work. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love the, the challenge of it, I guess. So yeah. Now I do all my hunting at uh, Purchase and Demons. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper and easier. That's your saying. market, you know, it's all right there ready for us so um i am playing mr allison this weekend allison's got all her credit unions functions so friday night um i'll be at the fresh pal with her and then saturday night they have her blue ox thing so we'll be doing that so yeah that's about my whole weekend right there other than working so um big football game saturday michigan michigan state do you know that they play at noon yes that gets me off the hook. So it seems like every time that she has a work function, there's a big Michigan game going on. It's at night. And I sit there watching on my phone. and check, but I think last night I saw it was at noon. So you're going to check fast. You want to keep dead air. Talk. Okay. Good air. So So, anything that stands out to you over the past 30 episodes that surprised you that you like? Highlights? Lowlights? 
I pretty much like the whole thing. I was trying to think of some of my favorite moments that have been on here. Um, Griffin told us he was getting married, yeah, which was huge. I still think that's probably my number one top favorite moment. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting married Friday. <laughs> We're like, ah, what? So that um, definitely shocked me. Um, we found out from Justin that Stephanie Gandula was the diver of the mural. The, the, oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, or at least the inspiration of the diver. The okay. Pictures of her were used by um, – so uh, that was another cool one. And I know there was another one I thought of. And uh, Jeff Mendock told us that the Bester Foundation was giving him a bunch of money oh, right yeah. on here. So, yeah, so. Quite a bit of breaking news here. So, yeah. So – Awesome stuff. So uh, thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. Thank you cool. for your service and on the country, but Talpina as well. It's my pleasure. It's a good time. It's uh, a lot of people out there working. Like I said, you're 29 guests and, and the ones you have to come. You look at that. We didn't even touch tonight. We didn't even touch on, on, on the, the impact of the arts in our community yeah. just in the last five, 10 years. And there's a lot of people who thank for that. And, um, so with the with all the sculpture, um, a lot more sculptures going in and, and uh, murals and stuff. So it's very cool. Well, you do a you have a thankless position. I don't know if I'll call it a job, <laughs> but um, a thankless position. And I know very well where because some of the stuff I do with United Way, you tend to stand on the shoulders of a whole bunch of people that they totally go unnoticed. But at the same time, somebody got yeah. to be that person that stands up there too. Yeah, so it's and, part of it. Yeah. So it's, that is part of it. So. It's, it's part of it and good and bad. So that's what happens. That's yeah. what, uh, that's what the position is for. Yep. So uh, thanks for coming by. All right. Thank you very much.